This podcast is sponsored by Mystery Sport, a company that sells mystery boxers with 100% authentic football shirts from all around the world, including several countries in Africa and Asia. Their shirts help smaller clubs with exposure and revenue. So if you're someone who's you know, passionate about helping smaller clubs in this difficult period in lockdown financially, then uh, you know, this will go somewhere to some way to helping sort of helping them out in this period. At checkout, you can also select no Premier League clubs or English clubs so you don't end up, you know, with a Tottenham shirt if you're an Arsenal fan, which I imagine you are if you're listening to this, which would be, you know, very unfortunate. So, you know, you can sort of get a little bit of customization in there, get some nice, you know, foreign kits, something from, I don't know, fucking Hungary or some shit. So to order a mystery box, go to www.mysterysport.com. That's www.mysterysport.com and use the code WLYA at checkout to get 10% off. Great deal, if, if you ask me. Definitely worth a look if you're a big fan of slightly retro, hip, uh, niche football shirts, just like I am. And uh, I've had a gander, if I'm honest, and there are some absolute beauties in there. Some gorgeous looking shirts. Also, if you do use that code WLYA at checkout, it will very much help us out um, with what we do over here. Obviously, the running costs, I'm not gonna lie to you, the running costs are not massive, but you know, help us out all poor poor students at the moment so yeah if you enjoy if you enjoy the podcast and what we do it we greatly appreciate it and yeah enjoy the show Welcome back to the Walmart version of the Arsecast, the Arsenal Cannon Podcast Extravaganza, brought to you live by three idiots who don't know what they're talking about. And we don't pretend to, to be fair. We are a self-aware podcast. We are the most... Speak for yourself. We are... I do. Speak, speak for yourself. I'm a fucking genius. Uh, speak for yourself. down, Alfie. I'm speak, not sure. Speak yeah. for yourself. I am not self-aware, yeah. Alfie says. Um, <laughs> you can't. Yeah. It's just truth. No, we tried to. Uh, I, interestingly, this is this is not going to interest the listeners at all. But we actually, we all spoke face to face. All all of us being Zach, Alfie, and I, and we. Um, I'm not called Zach. When is this going to stop? <laughs> all right. You might as well be. Let's call him. I, I, might, I might not as well be. This is verging on abuse, and I don't like it. <laughs> all right, we'll call him Barf instead. Um, Barf, Alfie, and I were on a on a Zoom call, chatting it up, looking at each other's beautiful faces, and it was, you know, guys, it just made me so happy to have a handsome crew of um, of fellows because that way I know that all of us can actually make it in the journalism industry. Because let's face facts: if you don't look good, you're probably not going to make it. That's just the all too harsh reality of the matter. Mm. Just look at Robbie Lyle on AFTV. You know, <laughs> fucking gorgeous. Wow, yeah. He's gorgeous. a specimen. Look at Lee Judges. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> anyway. Voldemort-esque. I love Voldemort. I love Voldemort. He's so bald. He's done it again. <laughs> He's done it again. <laughs> you dirty little bastard. I am joined today by the two usual suspects. First of all, the former... Lovely London local lad. He's now known as the bumptious Brighton boy, Alfie Coleshaw in the cut. Alfie, 
What's up, my dude? What are you saying, lads? Yeah, I'm decent. I'm decent. Um, shout out the uh, launch of the the uh, Extra Cannon podcast, mm. uh, which came last week. I was very proud of my boys, Mac um, and uh, Robert. Uh, I thought they produced a very good show. So well done to them. Thank you. Sorry, Thank you. A second clap. It was so. It um, was so good. We each have to have a wink live on the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> no, that's know. not what we want to be associated with, Daniel. No, we don't no, want to be that podcast. Yeah, we're not Lee Gunner and his weird friend. But yeah. Anyway, <laughs> okay, you can stop now. <laughs> I just jumped on water. That was like a joke. Oh shit! God, fucking hell! I'm right. Oh, you I made... thought you were doing some like long joke which kept going on about you coughing. No, you then. made we me. Fuck you, know. We won't be the podcast which someone wanks on. We'll be the podcast which someone dies on. <laughs> yeah. Alfie made me fucking laugh. Fucking Rob from alcoholism or, or, or Danny from fucking choking. Oh. <laughs> I'll be fine, obviously. I'm sub. I'm like, you know. Anyway. Levels above. I could never die on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> that would make our I ratings. could probably never die, to be honest. I'm immortal. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes this is a woeful intro it is shout yeah. out again shout out as well to all the applications uh we really appreciate uh-huh. them we're going through all of them there's like there's something like 20 20 something already um yeah it's taken a while but we'll get to, back to everyone um we've got back to a few of you already and yeah big up yeah um yeah i'm sorry about almost dying folks alfie made me laugh by thinking of that one fucking guy having a wank on the on the lee gunner channel or whatever and i was of course i was of course mid drink of water so i just inhaled like the ocean essentially um (laughs) rob i won't call you zach because that name isn't anything like yours i don't think any letters within the name zach actually are even in the name rob I mean, there isn't. It's not that hard to think about it. (laughs) They're both like three and four word letters. Why the Alfie? Why the I'm a fucking choking victim. Doesn't make sense. Why would you fucking? Why do you have to come and attack me right as I almost passed away live on the Arsenal Cannon podcast? Why would you? You're like an you're like an Arteta out person. You're just ruthless with your with (laughs) your agendas, and you you just always make it personal, don't you, Alfie? Uh, Yeah, I do. That's really poor. And then, folks. Secondly, but not secondly in terms of quality. The man with the first style name, Rob Bob Ber- Bertha, the guy who's running the new show, the Extra Canon Podcast with Sir MacBook Pro, one of our amazing writers <laughs> at we love you And uh Rob, yeah, I second yeah. everything Alfie said, and the show was fucking brilliant. I loved listening to it while doing the dishes. Um, so a great thing with a not so great thing, but anyway, versatile name, man. How are you today? Well, I, I just like to say, uh, thank you for all the support with the first show and, uh, yeah, we, uh, we're going to record again this week, even though there's no, no game. Uh, we're going to do a little preview for the Burnley match or next Saturday. Uh, so yeah, keep an eye out for that. I mean, I'm already. I know I'm using my uh, marketing opportunity of a lifetime prematurely, but I guess it's for a version of this podcast. So uh, yeah, do oh, check it's it justified. out. Justified. It's justified. Mm, yeah. Okay. Well, we should shout our our upcoming one. Um, yes. Two cunts either side of the pond, uh, which will be coming very soon. 
not sure when could be like three months three years yeah five days we don't know yet it's gonna be that's gonna be extremely relaxed that could be literally whenever we could do like three in a month or we could do like two in a year yeah it's going to be the the mustafi of podcasts it's going to be the least consistent show on planet earth so prepare for that or don't prepare for that. really selling it because we don't even know if it's going to come out you know like honestly (laughs) so yeah yeah that's really all we have to say about it it's not going to have anything to do with football really we're going to try to talk about everything besides football so if that's not something you'd be interested in don't fucking listen like i've said before i don't need you we don't need you you need us and that's it okay anyway this was what the <laughs> heck even was this intro? Seven, Seven minutes. minutes. Wow, so bollocks. You haven't even talked about Arsenal yet. This is called authentic. Another thing about my father, my dear father, Danny Finton, shout out. Um, he, <laughs> he said maybe you should calculate the intros, and I said no, sir, no, sir, no, sir. The authenticity of the Arsenal Cannon podcast will remain forever. And he said, fair enough. Mm. And I said, okay. And he said, what are you doing today? Could never, never have any of that scripted bullshit like Rob Get did on the Extra Cannon podcast in the intro. It was just to the first show giving people a flavour of what was to come, even Ooh. though that's never really going to happen again. But I think people deserve to have an idea of, of what they were listening to. Free sample. Right, right, right. I mean, the only reason... I, I mean, I've, I've got no idea why they even would have clicked on it. They were literally li- clicking on the face of two white guy emojis. I mean, what were they thinking? Why did you listen to them? They're handsome white guys, in fairness. I mean, it's not like, you know, (laughs) I don't know. Uh, I clicked it for that reason. I was like, hey, these two white guys are pretty welcoming. I'm going to click this show and listen to it, you know? Mm. Okay, that's nice. Anyway. Let's get on with this. Yeah, Yeah, so. That was eight minutes and 20 seconds. Now we're talking about Arsenal. Alfie, I want to come to you, man. I don't condone killing animals, and I don't condone killing foxes because I find them very cute. However, it felt (laughs) so good to just brutally mutilate the ever-arrogant Leicester City. I mean, I don't know if you guys saw some of the... Seriously, like, I saw, like, this tweet. Oh, my gosh, this just triggered me so much. I mean, it's probably true, to be fair, but nevertheless, it triggered me massively. Um, it was like a combined 11 with the Arsenal and Leicester yeah. players. And it was like, I don't, it was either eight or nine Leicester players. And it was like, oh my good God. And they were just all milk and the living crap out of it. And they just had a massive ego coming into the game. And while that pretty much means nothing in the grand scheme of things, Alfie, it felt good to knock the crap out of them and knock them down a peg, didn't it? Yeah, it did. And I was speaking to a Leicester fan, actually. I had to do something for my uh, journalism course um, with someone else in the class, and she happens to be a Leicester fan. So we did an interview about the game, like each of us interviewed each other as like an opposing fan. And she was basically saying that she could sort of compartmentalise this result for them in that because of how depleted they were. They had no Madison, no... uh, Ayose Perez, James Justin, um, Fafana. I think there's probably a few more that I'm thinking uh, that, that that weren't available. So it was very depleted. That mm. you know, key players not available, mm. and 
Although we also rested and rotated heavily, I do think that played a part. I think they particularly missed Madison and his sort of ability to link play, and it, it left Vardy very isolated, no one sort of feeding them. That's what she was saying as well. Um, Ian Atcho just couldn't really play that sort of number 10 role, did not suit him at all. So I think um, it's a really good result, but I think we do have to think about how depleted Leicester were, and it wasn't a full-strength Leicester team. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely worth noting. Um, but I also like how you alluded to the fact that we did a lot of rotation ourselves. I think that has been very, very understated. And I don't remember who it was. It's someone that I actually quite respect. And I, I understood this opinion prior to kickoff. Rob, I'll come to you about this one. Um, he was, he, I, I, for the life of me, can't remember who the hell tweeted it. But um, he was talking about how... He thinks that Arteta maybe wouldn't be able to rotate this much if fans were still in the stadium because, mm. you know, supporters would probably be pretty pissed off to see the sheer amount of rotation because, you know, we, us supporters, a, a vast majority of us don't know jack shit, really. And we're just like, oh, what are you doing? You got to play the strongest time every game. Why are you rotating? You know, and... <laughs> <laughs> and then he, he rotates, and I, I've made a tweet about this myself. It's almost like the manager Arteta knows more than Joe Schmo, you know? So, um, <laughs> yeah, but I, I, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that we would have seen a side this rotated if fans were in the stadium? And here's another question for you. Also, double-sided question. Boom. Would we have won this game if the side wasn't as heavily rotated? Oof. Uh, okay, two two really good questions. I'm gonna say I think we w- would have still seen a strong element of rotation. I remember in the first season that we were in the uh, Europa League, Wenger did a lot of rotation uh, after Europa League games when we when it was quite clear that we were prioritising it. I know that was a bit later in the season, um, but it, it was still notable that um, the the Europa League was a priority. And I think we're also very fortunate that we have a lot of sort of, especially in forward areas where the rotation was most prominent, we have a lot of players in form. You think of Pepe. I know William wasn't really in form. He had a, a few good touches against Benfica, but that was it. But luckily he uh, performed really well. And um, so I think there was room to rotate. Uh, and I think that might have happened in normal circumstances anyway. I think the one that was interesting, as I just mentioned, was Willian because mm. I can imagine that he would be getting absolutely tormented by fans in stadiums at the moment. Um, well, not really at the moment because it looks like he could be turning things around. I mean, don't want to say too much because it's one performance where he grabbed a couple of assists. But um, yeah, I, I was I was pleased that the boys who came in and uh, haven't played much lately performed because that's not something that we were really seeing a few weeks ago. Players were coming in and failing to show why they like should be in the team. Um, and yeah, uh, I was delighted really with the, with the whole performance. Yeah. Uh, same here. It was, it was really, really, really positive and basically every aspect imaginable. Um, Alfie, it didn't seem like it was going to go that way at first though. We really like to concede early goals. Um, I think we may have talked mm. about this a long time ago, you and I, Alfie, like pre-Rob. Mm. Like I'm talking like before Rob <laughs> was even born, you know? 12 BC. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
BR before Rob. <laughs> I I really like this uh, this this Telemans guy, man. He is he's a sick player, really, and um, that was a really good goal. But what what defensively went wrong, Alf? I mean, I I thought personally maybe Mari should have been a little more aware. Um, but I I also think there was some other underlying issues within the move mm-hmm. as well. I want to get your thoughts on it though. What what'd you think, man? What was what's up? Yeah, just on the early goals conceded thing, I think that's four recently. We obviously had mm, the Southampton wow. one. Gallagher, I think he scored within two minutes. The Man City one, obviously last week, Sterling. Uh, the Villa one with Watkins. Mm. Uh, and then this one, I think that's four in pretty quick succession. Um, and I think that sort of does speak to maybe a lack of concentration in the opening minutes. We not don't seem to be fired up always. We don't seem to come out the blocks quickly. Um but yeah, I think this goal in particular, I think it is a sort of culmination of errors. I think Shaka is very lackadaisical on the board. I don't know what he's doing. I think Willian's not sharp enough, not aggressive enough in trying to win back the, the, the ball, even though it's a poor pass from Shaka. Um, and then I think, well, once Tielemans has got past or is in behind Shaka, I don't think Shaka's really catching up. So mm. I can't, don't think you can blame him from that point onwards. But I think although, you know, that you're going to get a few loose passes and a few poor moments like sort of higher up the pitch in the middle of the park they he shouldn't be able to run straight from sort of his almost near his half his own half well the halfway line yeah straight like into the box like without with the freedom of the pitch um and i think initially i thought mari was completely at fault and i was like why the fuck is he not going towards the ball like that's a very um basic thing you learn very early when you're playing football you go to the ball you you close them down if they're just running forward and no one's closing them down, you've got to do that. I actually think, looking back on it, I think Louise's positioning is weird. I don't know why he's so far from Mary. Um, and then I think Elneny is probably the one that should be going over and closing him down because Mari has to track um, Vardy in the middle um, and he's sort of jockeying, anticipating the cross from from uh, Tielemans because it's quite a tight angle. But I think, yeah, so I think Elneny has to sort of go towards him. Maybe Mari... Once he's realised El Nenny's not going to commit, maybe he can make more of an effort. But maybe he thought it's too late there. Mm. I might as well just block the pass to Vardy if it comes in. Um, but yeah, it was very, very sloppy. And as I said just then, I do think maybe that's a bit of an issue we have to iron out of our game. Just not mm. not starting quickly and being a bit sloppy defensively because a lot of all of those goals that I mentioned there were very avoidable. Yeah, hundred percent. And I, I, I pretty much agree. I actually. I thought the the main parties at fault were El Nini, Mari, and Louise. And I say Louise in particular because I just think, you know, sometimes like in Mari's situation, he was in a he was he should have rushed a player, I think, you know. But mm. why didn't his minds were like crossed a little bit? Yeah, yeah. I, you can imagine what Mari was sort of thinking, can't you? Sort of he's mm. retreating mm. and he's got Jamie Vardy. It's unlikely he's going to score from there. Yeah. Um, anyway, what were you saying, Daniel? Well, yeah, I was just saying, I think Louise, you know, in all of his experience, maybe should have maybe noticed, maybe that maybe I'm being harsh on Louise here, but maybe he should have noticed that Mari did kind of make the wrong decision and be like, yo, what the fuck are you doing, man? Go, you know, and then maybe even like 
You've seen it in the past with guys like I've seen Koulibaly, for example, and I'm not comparing movies to Koulibaly or Van Dyke, but I've seen guys like Koulibaly <laughs> and Van Dyke literally push their partner central defender into the position that they mm. should be in. And I almost wonder if Louis should have taken some some initiative and done something similar, whether it be physically or, or vocally. Um, but that's... That's, but he was very far away from Mari. He was. So, yeah, that's a good point. But yeah, maybe vo- vocally, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then El Elneny. I think El Elneny's pretty much in the side to help try and avoid instances like this. And he didn't do it. So he's at fault partially for me as well. And then Mari's positioning is weird, as we said. Um, mm. I can't remember, Rob, if the penalty we got that was taken away was before or after the equalizer was that before or after yeah before before Before, okay um yeah yeah, so what do you make of that um we got a penalty and then they go to var and they say jk it was outside the box it's just a free kick what'd you think yeah i think var was applied correctly in in that instance i know i I sound a bit like peter walton when i say that but uh it, it, it genuinely was um it was a foul from Ndidi, not Tielemans, even mm-hmm. though Tielemans does stick out a leg. And I think that if Ndidi didn't touch him, it, it, it is a penalty. But um, at the end of the day, it, it, the fact is that it's uh, Ndidi's trip, which instigates Pepe's fall. And um, yeah, no penalty. But the second one, uh, 100% was. Yeah. Uh, Ndidi had a really poor game, actually, overall which is yeah. quite surprising because he's a good player. Mm. Yeah, I thought he was really poor on the night. Very, very, very sloppy. Um, Alfie, do you have any objections to the to the verdict which Rob has on the penalty? No, I think like Rob said, it was the right decision. Um, and yeah, if it had gone against us, I would have been absolutely fuming. So yeah. I think it's a good use of VAR and it shows that VAR can be used well because mm. it, it obviously can because there's been numerous examples of it working well. It's just the retards running it just don't know how to do that on a consistent basis. Oh, yeah. God. Did you see the uh, the West Brom-Brighton game? Bloody hell. That was ridiculous. <laughs> Surely that goal should have counted. Yeah. Oh, was that and the one was... where they blew the whistle or something? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah it blew the whistle and then Dunk scored. Like, that should count. So, it's retarded referee. Hold on. Yeah. They... they weren't ready var does not yet have sound okay so we have to <laughs> all right we have to pardon them for this one jk come on man that is that is ridiculous var like yeah. alfie said it's not i don't think i don't think it's the problem it's the idiots using it you know which is yeah. the case with most mm. technology to be honest you know um mm. but anyway, alfie, yeah. i'm gonna come to i'm gonna come to you alfie with the equalizer because I feel like you'll have some mm. weird factoid about set pieces. If not, don't fret. But I feel like if anybody on the show is to have one, it'll be you. I literally tweeted after um, the free kick was awarded rather than the <laughs> penalty. I was like, we are so useless off set pieces. We'll, we'll never score off one again or something along those lines. And then a few minutes later, um, William takes the free kick. Plays it into the area. Goal, David Luiz. Off of set piece. Never seen it before. Oh, my gosh. It's absolutely shocking. What, what's up, Alfie? I mean, mm. we, we scored off a set piece. This is, this is phenomenal. This is incredible. I mean, finally, Andreas Jorshin and his 
magnificent, magnificent, innovative work <laughs> on set pieces has actually come to fruition. I mean, it must be, it was only a matter of time. Um, I imagine we'll go on a bit of a set piece rampage from here on in. Um, uh, just scoring fucking every corner we get. But, I mean, yeah, his work so far has been terrible. Like, we have not seen uh, a tangible improvement in our offensive set pieces. In fact, it's got worse. Defensively, we've been relatively solid. Um, but, yeah, maybe, I mean, whether or not this was a result of his actual uh, methods. We don't know. Um, maybe it was just sort of something uh, Louise and Willian spoke about, um, you know, Portuguese, Chelsea. Mm. Um, well, Portuguese language, yeah. so they, yeah, they got Who that link that? there. Maybe they were just like, Willian spoke about it to Louise and it was very well executed. It executed. It's a very good ball from Willian. Um, and Louise peels off. It does look like something off the training ground. He peels off his marker, sort of in that position behind where the line was, the Leicester line. Um, and it's a very, very good header. Um and I think we needed it because we've been on top realistically from when Leicester had scored. I think we weren't necessarily creating brilliant chances, um, but I think we were controlling the game very well. And I think, I don't know if you saw this, but when Kaylee tweeted their XG thing, they were like, this is one of the best possession uh, smothering performances we've seen for a while from Arsenal. Mm. And it's it's sort of a method. I think Tuchel's done that so far at Chelsea is very high possession, just smothering the opposition. I think Arteta has tried to do that this season, but we haven't quite managed it. But this game, just possession, controlled possession, um, which just completely negated Leicester and their counter-attacking attempts. Um, and I think we have done this to Leicester in our last two games against them, before Nketiah's red card and then in the 1-0 defeat early in the season. And then it's just we got hit by a sucker punch with, on a Leicester counter-attack, but we negated that very well in this game. And I think, yeah, I think Arteta got it spot on. I think that's how you beat Leicester. Yeah. You negate their counter-attacking and then you just control the game through mm. possession and then you'll get a few chances. Yeah, I've got a feeling that's probably what Arteta wants to do a lot going into the future, you know, but sometimes mm. it can be difficult, I think, seeing as, you know, you could definitely argue we don't have the clientele um, or personnel, not clientele, personnel to um, to carry out that task sometimes, you know. I, I've, I've pointed this out in the past. I think, Alfie, a lot of our players are just, and this is maybe, I, I apologize if I sound like I'm being too blunt almost and I'm being too simplistic over this, over this matter. But I feel like a lot of our players are genuinely just bad at passing the ball. Have you noticed that? Yeah. I, I mean, like it, it seems like yeah, such I... a simple skill, but some of our players are just fucking so bad at passing the ball. It's crazy. Mm. I think you... some, most of our midfielders are quite good at it. Mm. Yeah, the but they're midfielders. They, they should really. Yeah, no, no. yeah, they should be. Yeah, and uh, oh, we've got good passes in there. Odegaard, Shaka, Partey, yeah, Ceballos are all no good on the ball. But I just remember last week how we were clamouring over City and how magnificent they are at controlling games with the ball. And you've just yeah. got to understand to implement that sort of system. You also need eleven fifty million pound footballers in your team, mm. um, and we don't have that. Uh, so you can't really, it, it's sort of one of the fundamental reasons that Arteta may have struggled to sort of move from City to Arsenal because you, you're moving from 
sort of training elite footballers every day to still elite footballers, of course, yeah. but, but nowhere near the same level. Waitrose to Lidl. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, yeah, we, we, we need a lot of recruitment before we see the fruits of Arteta's labour properly, I think. Yeah, mm. I, I completely agree. And then just on the on the second goal briefly, just because it was a penalty, Rob, you already touched on the fact that it's pretty indisputable. There's there's an instance, by the way, where, where VAR was used properly. And can I just say, how did the referee not notice that oh in real God. time? I mean, come mm. on, that was so obvious. It was very blatant. Yeah. He had his arm very high up and it very clearly struck it. Yeah, I exactly. And... You know, Captain Lacazette steps up um, in a fashion that I'm sure induced a raging erection in AFC Max 9 and emphatically dispatches. Oh, <laughs> he's 15, you fucking weirdo. Hey, man, I'm just saying the facts, dude. He loves Lacazette. I'll tell you what, though. Anyone. Before you, before you say this, that run from Willian to really mm. open things yeah, up was out. Was it was brilliant. And that's one we of the things. We haven't seen that sort of urgency no. in his play. Um, that's one of the things that I always really quite liked about Willian at, at Chelsea, the way he made sprinting look so sort of effortless. Um, mm. And and then the outside of the foot pass to, to spread the play after yeah. the run, it was brilliant. That, that's what you want to see from him. All, all I can do is praise Willian for his performance because I really do think he was outstanding. But as I said, you can't, you've got to take it with a pinch of salt because other than the last couple of games in the first game of the season, he's been of the season. He's been atrocious. Yeah, he, mm. he's got to he's got to start doing so on a consistent basis. And I think they were talking yeah. about it in the Ars cast, not in the Ars cast extra actually. Um, the one where he had the other two guests on that I can't remember the names of. Um, but anyway, I like that Andrew episode. Was yeah, it was good. Yeah. It was good, and they were talking oh. about. I, I really liked this point they made. As painful as it was to to listen to. I think Willian just kind of has to work, you know, because we don't really have any other choice. Why Willian's not going to leave. Why would why would he leave? So I feel mm. like it's almost an instance of we've got to that's, just that's true. stick with them. I agree with that. Um, but at the same time, like we were saying, I don't know, even a couple of weeks ago, if he's just not doing it at all, if he's continuously being terrible, then you you just can't play him. So, like, and I know that sort of comes back now because he's he's turned it around the last two games, and that is a result of Arteta persisting with him. But like as we were saying, you, there's a, comes a point where you can't blame the player, and you have to blame blame the person that's giving him the opportunities, despite him not uh, not doing anything. In the way, you could say it's now been justified because yeah. he may have turned it around, even if it took way too long. Yeah. So, Alfie, while you're um while your spit guard's still hot, um, I guess I'll ask you this: What the hell happened? What? Why is? Why did William wake up all of a sudden? Do you? I mean, and and do you think Arteta knew that that William woke up because of maybe something he saw in training, or is this just pure dumb luck? Maybe he's just become more motivated out of nowhere to sort of give more, and it does look like he's worked harder. Uh, well, in this game and then his cameo against uh, Benfica, you know, but he, he's always, he is a capable, like, I don't, th- I don't think he's a, a brilliant footballer, but, um, sorry, someone just tried to call me. 
That's all right. Come back to me in a second. Okay. Yeah, I hate, when, I hate when that happens. People, I am I am like the most popular man in existence when we're recording this podcast too. Everybody wants to call <laughs> me. Um, Rob, I guess I'll, I'll let Alfie handle that and I'll come to you with the question. Is it just dumb luck or is Willie maybe showing showing a desire that he hasn't been as of recently in training or whatever, however it may be? I think that bringing, bringing him on against Olympiacos would have done a lot for his confidence. Um, he's a player who's barely played and he, you know you can't blame him if he's got no confidence whatsoever. But bringing him on in such an important game, probably told by Arteta, go on, change the game, get us through to the next round. I think it would have just done so much for him. Um, and I really hope that this is the start of something consistent because, you know, Daniel, he showed us yesterday that he is a very useful tool um, for when you need him, especially now Emil Smith-Rowe looks like he could be injured. Um, they're quite, you know, William brings a degree of uh, technical security. So mm. he's a, a, someone who could really sort of come in on that left-hand side, like for like for Smith-Rowe. And, you know, this is all we really want from William. We just want him to be able to come in and offer something. And he hasn't done that thus far. But hopefully this, as I said, this is the start of something with some consistency. Yeah, I think it has to be, really. I mean, yeah, it's it's one of those things that's so, I, I, it's a little irritating because while I was really upset about the the structure of his deal and everything like that, um I did also see the signing of Willian as kind of like, it made some sense when he came in, you know, like yeah. you said, he's a winger who can hold on to the ball. Mm. You know, he could contribute to possession and everything, but it's just the way we, we structured the deal. Really. I don't, I don't think it made any no, sense okay. personally. Why is that? I just think we had wingers. Mm. We had Pepe who was improving. We had, Saka, who was obviously excellent. We had Aubameyang who could play out there. We had Martinelli. We had Nelson, uh, who, mm. you know, when he played last season, looked pretty positive, uh, even though it was quite limited a number of appearances. I, there was no need for his, his signing, and it was a ridiculous signing for the wages. Yeah, the issue... And, you know, if, you'd, if I'd asked... If you'd have both completely agreed with that, like, a week ago, I don't think we should change our tone completely just because of one good performance. Yeah, yeah, and I'll agree with that. But the issue for me uh, and what has caused major issue throughout the season was that he seemed to be signed as a right winger. Mm. And we already had a £72 million right winger. Uh, so not only did we like bring in an ageing player to sort of replace him, but we also severely damaged that guy's confidence who was just hitting mm. form. I mean, that's True. why the deal was a weird one uh if he was signed and it was made clear he's going to play as a central player or a player on the left then it would have made more sense to me um mm. but yeah and we we've also got i still don't think he was the profile player we we should have gone for. yeah that's probably yeah. true but i i had this impression and i was it was wrong obviously but i had this impression that <laughs> we were maybe trying to bring him in as like this weird utility man because i think we talked about it when we signed him he could play anywhere like across the across not across mm. the front but like in the across the attacking midfield positions kind of and i that's what i was hoping at least obviously that didn't come to fruition yeah he came in as like a 
a starter. Yeah. Like we tr- trying to use him as like. And know. that was that. I wasn't. I wasn't too happy with that. And again, I think that could honestly um, be counted as the way that the structure, uh, the deal was structured. You know, it just seems all a bit silly. But it's good to see him. Nevertheless, it's good to see him. You know, finally, finally putting in yeah. something. I mean, we could. He's a, yeah, he's an Arsenal player, so of course we want yeah. him to do well for the team when he's on the pitch. Yeah, 100%. And um, we touched briefly on the penalty there. I think that's all we had to say. Great penalty um, from Laka. And then he touches, he, he grabs his neck in a fashion similar to the way that I did when I was choking on water at the at the top of the show. Um, <laughs> I don't know what that celebration is. I'd like to know, though. Laka's a good celebrator, you know? Good celebrator. Mm. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he does love it. He stopped it. his thing that looked like he was doing a Nazi. Sort of yeah. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> that was always weird to me. <laughs> I always quite liked it, though. It was him. Fuck you, know. <laughs> and he was like, I don't know. You you can do it on FIFA as well. So Yeah, true. That's always yeah, nice. Um, and then another outcast, though, Rob, <laughs> that... Um, I, I, that's, that was probably my favorite thing that came out of this game. And I, I tweeted about this as well. All I'm doing is referencing my tweets this episode. Um, <laughs> I loved how, it, like, uh, somebody said Locke is a fan favorite. And I was like, yeah, to like eight people, you know, a ton <laughs> of people hate Lacazette. Um, yeah. Somebody said, yeah, somebody said he's a fan favorite. I don't think so. Um, but Lacazette and Pepe and David Luiz, the goal scorers, it's so nice to see the the rejects, you know, coming good yeah. and scoring some goals. Um, I don't know if they quite go into that category. Maybe rejects I, is I, a bad come one. On I they've, think there are more divisive players than all three of them. But they've gone through stints in their Arsenal careers where they've they have, received yeah. pelters. Uh, like and they've been massive, hated. massively. But for example, I think Hector Bellerin, Granite Shaka. Oh yeah, no doubt. Surely, um, Alfie. Surely, you see. Surely, others. you see Louise as part of that list. I don't know. Alka, like, uh, yes, everyone just no, but everyone knows what Louise is. I think you've just got some quite. Everyone nice... Everyone understands what Louise is. I just think you've got some quite nice turnaround stories there. You've got Pepe, who a lot of people wrote off. Uh, me, like, okay, let's take thirty million for him, me mm. included. Yeah, yeah, I think Alfie, you and said. I don't that. think it's necessarily that we've gone past that. No, maybe yeah. not. Um, but, but he has had an upturn in form. Yeah, and then you've got Lacquer, who during the first half of the season everyone detested because he was supposedly taking Aubameyang's place as the number nine. And then mm. you've got uh, Louise, and look at the way he sort of turned things around after that Man City red card. Um, so, you know, there's, there's just quite a nice element. Yeah, but Louise just goes through cycles of where yeah. we know what's in his locker and he'll produce it every so often. But in general, he'll be quite good. Yeah. Anyway, what Daniel was getting at is there's just some n- nice thing about players who have received hate doing well. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. Yeah. And, um, right. <laughs> no, that's good. I No, you know what, man? We don't do that enough because we're all too level-headed. We've got to debate more. So I like when yeah, I have to be honest. Yeah. Um, hmm. But um, Rob, it was such a it was a beautiful goal, man. Really, and oh, probably my favorite part of that, aside from the fact that William got his second assist on the night, <laughs> um, was the <laughs> was I love love. Wait, love. just just a quick yeah, uh, yeah. little. 
thing that's <laughs> the fact you keep saying on the night on the day yeah. I'm sorry well, I mean, you watched the game at 7am or 12pm yeah yeah. yeah maybe yeah maybe it was because I was so like asleep still that I my brain was like oh it's night time oh, yeah. you know um, no in, in, in all reality I'm just so used to being in like Europa League mode um, that yeah. I always say on the night um, and also I'm an idiot so there's that um, on the day, on the, on the, I just had to say it on the, yeah. that's okay. Thank you. I, I appreciate the correction, honestly. Um, mm. in the, in the wee, in the wee hours of the morning, um, where the crust was still in my eyes. Um, and by the way, Fubo, my fucking streaming service was absolutely horrendous for the entire game. So Fubo, you will never be a sponsor of the Arsenal Cannon podcast and you should just liquidate because you're a useless <laughs> streaming service. But anyway. I digress. Rob, I loved the Odegaard pass. Oh my yeah, god. I was, was going to say that. Freaking beautiful. Yeah, that was filthy. Um it, you I love it when a player pulls off a pass that you just can't see as a potentiality. Mm. Um like uh, it was just I thought that the only thing on them was sort of just having a pop. But that pass was just disrespectful. <laughs> um, and I'm so glad we've signed Erdegaard. I think he's exactly what we needed. Uh, as they were saying on the Arse cast, Smith Rowe is a runner. Erdegaard is a passer. And mm. w- really, we, ne- we, needed, we needed a bit of both. But most of all, we needed a passer who can create things. And that, that's exactly what Erdegaard is. And I just... As Mac Johnson has said quite a few times, I think he said it in his pain in the Arsenal player ratings. He said, oh, "Dangerously, I'm falling in love with this guy." And uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's very dangerous. Yeah, I feel the same, Alfie. How are you feeling about um, the lovely man of Mar- Martin Odegaard? Why? Do, why do you say in a French accent? I don't uh, <laughs> because I don't really know how to. Nicola. I don't know how to do a Norwegian accent in truth. So that's why. Oh, it's horrific. It's absolutely yeah. disgusting. <laughs> I've never met him. I yeah. don't think I've no ever offense met him. Nor- Actually, Martin seems all right, but trust me, there's some girl on my block who's Norwegian. Oh, my God. <laughs> Hopefully she never listens. She already hates me. But anyway. Um, I, by yeah, the way, no, hold on. Uh, let, me, let, me, I, let me cut you off real quick. We love Norwegians. We love Norway. Beautiful country. By the way, oh, yeah. far better, yeah. far better than the United States and probably England as well on every front imaginable. Yeah, no doubt. Oh no, it's a, it's a great country. I think their their education system, you know, top notch. Um, <laughs> Erling yeah, Haaland, some some Full beautiful stop. places. Yeah, Erling Haaland. Uh, fucking Oslo. That's the capital, yeah. isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. It's a big yeah. city there. I don't know if it's the capital, but yeah. No, it's different. If 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 Oslo is Norwegian, then it is the capital. I was just checking. But yeah, no, I love Norway. But the accent, no offense, some of them sound horrific. But anyway, Martin Odegaard. I mean, what a man. Um, yeah, I'm delighted that we signed him as well. I think he's really made a difference. His technical security in the final third, some of his through balls. I think if you think of them, I think he played a brilliant one in his first game against Villa. Um, then he played a brilliant one. Or it was his second cameo. Anyway, played uh, some very nice passes. Played that one for Aubameyang. Uh, 
against uh, Benfica, which was marginally offside. Uh, another one for Aubameyang in the first leg when he shot wide. I think he's got that ability to sort of drop into the spaces and play in, in incisive passes, which is something we've lacked since Ozil. And I think Smith Rowe can do that, but more of his game is about, as as Rob was saying, running off the ball, um, you know, playing it quickly and, and trying to get him behind. And I think that's why he sort of he sort of um, complements Lacazette a bit more. Um, mm. Whereas Odegaard, I think, complements Aubameyang a bit more. Odegaard can get on the ball and thread through passes to Aubameyang. And it means Aubameyang has to drop deeper less to hold the ball up. Whereas Smith Rowe likes to make those runs runs in behind Lacazette who will come deeper to sort of link play. So I think there's uh, two good partnerships in there who we have the, the option of, depending on who we're playing or who's who needs rotating and stuff. Um it's nice yeah, that we're no, developing I'm, I'm really all these that. little partnerships. Yeah. Uh, isn't it? Um, I can think of a few. There's like um, Cedric and Pepe look really good together. Um, the, the two well, you the just right mentioned. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, Shaq and Partey in the middle. I think nice. Sabios and Odegaard as well mm. have a pretty good understanding. I've noticed yeah. that one too, yeah. That's a nice little connection they've got. Saka and Bellerin, I think. Arguably, yeah, to an yeah. extent, mm-hmm. yeah. It's 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 Tierney and uh, Martinelli when they ever play together, yeah. but they did when they did, and it was uh, that was gorgeous, that was beautiful. But mm. it's interesting that you can yeah, I just yeah. uh, say it's interesting that you mentioned Bellerin and, and Sackle. What did you make of Cedric Alfie? I know that you think he might not have like the technical quality, but and Daniel, I guess. Um, I think he added a really well a welcome energy down the right yeah I thought he was good again um, I still don't think he's a, a, more than a squad mm. player though I don't think he will mm. be um, and I think Bellerin is still a better regardless of Bellerin's poor form he's still a better player than, than uh, Cedric um, he mm. can produce much more than Cedric but you're right, he doesn't... Bellerin and Pepe don't seem to click very well. Um, and Saka... Sorry, Cedric and Pepe do. So, you know, is it is an option because I think rotation is going to be key again as we move forward, um, whether fans like it or not. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's a good question you ask, Rob. And I, I, I thought Cedric was, was solid on the night and I think he compliments Pepe a lot better. On the night. On the day. God, again. Again. I don't know why. On the fucking morning, Daniel Finton, you ginger sack of shit. On the day. God. On the day. On the fucking day, you piece of shit. Son of a bitch. I will kill you. I will kill you, dude. No cap. I will bust a cap Wrong. in your ass, Daniel. <laughs> that was beautiful. That was like the office. That sounded like something on the office, Alfie. God. <laughs> yeah. You can tell your guest yeah. of that. <laughs> um anyway. I yeah, I really liked Cedric on the day. And um he he compliments Pepe a hell of a lot better than Bellerin. Only Shaka had more touches than him. Mm, yeah, so I mean there you go. It's yeah. for itself, really. And he was involved. Mm. I'll raise this question to you, Rob, since we're all questioning each other. Um, you guys are questioning <laughs> questioning my ability to tell what time of the day or night it is more like. Um, is it a case for Arsenal 
where we have to basically decide, is it Bellerin or Pepe going into the future? Because I genuinely, I just, I don't think they work together at all because I think Bellerin is way better. And this is no, I'm not slagging off Bellerin in any way because I think he's a very good right back. And like Alfie said, I think he's better than Cedric, but he's a right back that I think is significantly better tucking in. Whereas I think Pepe needs a guy who provides the overlap and kind of hugs, hugs the touchline, you know? And um, I think Bellerin's better when he's not tucking in, which is why, why I don't mm. think he's always been that great. He's good at driving inside in, in mm. field. But I think if we think about peak Bellerin, it was when uh, maybe he's lost the yard of pace, but yeah. still, if you think about the better moments he's had in recent weeks, it has been when he's sort of getting further forward into the final third. Yeah, I'm not, I don't know. I'm not sure I agree though, because I don't think Bellerin is very good at crossing. And I... I yeah, he's not great at crossing, but uh, he's pretty decent passer of the ball. That I agree and with, And yeah. he's quite good at playing these sort of, um, slider. If he can get in behind the defense, he's quite good at providing the final like slide rule pass. If you think about yeah, the yeah, I remember got. in his like first season, like people were just comparing him to Urza all the time because he was playing <laughs> ridiculous passes. Mm. Um, and there's room for that sort of right back, especially in a Pep Guardiola type system that Arteta's trying to implement. But yeah, I, I can't put my finger on the on the Bellerin issue. He, I just noticed a, a much more a presence at right back from Cedric, which I haven't noticed from Bellerin in recent weeks. And maybe he is suffering from fatigue, but um, yeah. But in response to your question, Daniel, about partnerships, um, I think you're right. I think it might be time to just give up on Pepe and Bellerin playing together mm-hmm. and trying and just sticking with partnerships like we might have to do with Lacazette and Smith-Rowe and mm. Aubameyang and Erdegaard. I think there's there's no problem with that. Uh, you know, it's important that players play together so that they can develop these relationships. And that's a big problem we've had this season because Arteta has been rotating so frequently. There hasn't been scope for these sort of relationships to develop. So, yeah, I've, I wouldn't have any issue with... Um, with those two sort of developing separate partnerships uh, that can be worked on. Yeah, that's a good point. And because I, I really think the duo that I prefer rather than Cedric and Pepe is Bellerin and Saka at the moment. And I think they, like Alfie was saying, they combine quite well. But Yeah, they do. Yeah, I'm not so sure about Bellerin and Pepe, though. So maybe they could be like, I mean, it's, it's pretty expensive backup to have. You know what I mean? But I mean... It, it mm. can serve as such. I, I would certainly say so. Mm. Um, well, and I guess we, we should probably touch on this too, Alfie. Um, I forgot to mention this when um, after we scored the equalizer. Smith Rowe went down injured, which that, by the way, makes the Odegaard signing all the more um, all the more of a good one, really. Yeah. Um, mm. Fucking Martin Keown. Oh, I hate that guy. What's going on with Martin? What's going on with Martin? I love Martin the Keon? player. Yeah, what's going on? Hate the pundit. Do you remember? Did you see James's tweet a few weeks ago? He was like, "Oh, I loved, I loved the player, Martin Keown. Great player, great player." If you sort of get what he was insinuating. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I because I watched some. This was admittedly like probably over a year ago, 
Keon wasn't always a terrible pundit that just always shit on Arsenal, as far as I can remember. So what's going on, man? Why is it? He just says some really weird things that, like, just not true, really. Huh. He's <laughs> yeah. also, he's also, <laughs> like, he, I don't know. He's he's said some questionable things. Like, remember, he got Saar and Pepe mixed up. Ooh. Yeah. Oh no. That was that bad. Was, that was bad. He he yeah. said, uh, Arsenal have already got a taste of what Pepe can do because they play because of how he tormented them last season in the Europa League for Ren. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, in, in fairness, Alfie, it's not like Pepe's transfer was very big. You know, most people don't know that he was, you know, a superstar in Ligue 1 with Lille before mm. he came to the Premier League. Yeah. You know, um, it's, no. it's not like it was a huge signing or anything. Or Arsenal I'm not sure what his price tag was. To no, be no, I think it was it's quite, I think maybe undisclosed. No. Yeah, I think it was around like 10 million for Pepe, something like that. Mm. So that's why. was it? Yeah, he, he was a cheap, very well documented, very cheap player, Pepe, very cheap. <laughs> and on that note, I guess he's also, a, you know, for getting such a cheap price on a player who's so two-footed is so, you know, so refreshing. <laughs> anyway, that's enough of that. Um, Alfie, <laughs> according to goal, according yeah. to goal, Smith Rowe is going to be out for like ten days or so. So luckily, the the injury doesn't look as serious, but. Despite that, we've got you know, we've got a, a match coming soon um, in the in the Premier League uh, to Burnley, and it's good that we're going to have you know a Martin Odegaard there now. You know, whereas before, if we didn't bring him in on loan, we wouldn't have had anybody if Smith Rowe got injured. Yeah, I agree. Uh, just literally, very quickly on the, the we didn't mention the finish for the third goal, Pepe. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. What a finish! Yeah. I mean, according to him, <laughs> oh. for a goal there was a. <laughs> according to InfoGoal there's a 28% chance he could miss that so you know very reliable <laughs> model there um, no but big up Understat who said it was a 94% that chance sounds, which that sounds very, better much more realistic yeah, yeah. Um, so high XG good you know, for Pepe's uh, XG yeah yeah uh, yeah good for his XG for 90 uh, but yeah um, yeah, it's very good that we do have Odegaard, as we said, and we were all saying that we couldn't just rely on Smith Rowe. Um, and I've seen, a, like, I can't remember, maybe it's on the pre-match build-up. They're like, like saying, "Oh, why did they sign Odegaard? They've they're blocking." It wasn't just Martin Keogh, and I've seen. I remember watching a few broadcasters, and yeah. they were saying this. They were like, "Oh, it's going to." Alan shut Smith his... say something as well. Yeah, yeah, I think so, mm. and they're like. Well, he can't play every fucking game, and what if he gets injured? And he's nine, he's twenty, and he's hardly played in the Premier League, and he can play on the left. It's not like he's going to get a lot more game time now than he was like a few months ago. So, like, it's not like he's not progressing in terms of the amount of game time he's getting in this season. Um, but yeah, obviously Odegaard will probably start against Burnley, and that probably means Aubameyang will start mm. as well. Which you know, that's good. I like that partnership. So yeah, yeah. Same here. And Burnley haven't been good, so we could expect to lose that game two nil. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. Um, well, my friend just on that, just on like Spurs. My friend who supports Spurs was watching that, um, and he was like, "Fuck you, Gareth Bale. Gareth Bale fucking single handedly saving uh, Mourinho's job." And I think there's a, definitely a growing sense uh, around the Spurs fan base that. 
they're just getting fed up of Mourinho and Mourinho ball and this sort of odd game can happen for them where they look very dangerous because they have got very talented attacking players but yeah um, yeah and apparently I, I didn't watch the game but uh, why would I watch Spurs I when never knew. But he was saying Burnley had a very odd approach in that game where they were trying to press which is just something a Sean Dyche Brexit team can't do really no. like they're going to get exposed <laughs> when they press um, and he was like why are they pressing they're terrible at it um, and it was just leaving them very exposed because Spurs could easily play through it because they're not a pressing team Burnley um, so I think if they have that approach again maybe we can do something but I would expect them to sort of revert to type physical mm. low block uh, and long balls yeah uh, Alfie would but luckily no fans will be yeah yeah, I was uh, on on that note. Thank you for the through ball, Rob. I was literally just <laughs> going to say, Alfie. I'm the the most shocking part of what you just said to me is the fact that you said a Burnley fan is capable of speaking. I thought all they could do was <laughs> boo. You know, I didn't think they were actually <laughs> capable of, of of speaking the English language. I thought they just booed everywhere they went. I remember tweeting about this when I can't remember what the, I think it was when we drew nil nil there last season at Turf Moor I tweeted something like Burnley player murders Arsenal player with horrific act of violence Burnley fans boom <laughs> same old <laughs> so Arsenal true. always cheating <laughs> yeah exactly so we're really looking forward yeah. to that um, to taking on the the prison ward, I, I just I just imitated Sean Dyche last last episode. I'm not going to do it again. Just go back and listen to that previous episode. Because um, well, I think we should leave the the general preview to uh, the boys yes, we yeah, recording later in the week. I agree. So check yeah. that out later on in the week. And for me, guys, I don't know about you, but I think that's really all all we had to cover. Good show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we've got to be like uh, Andrew on the Askcast. He always does it. Like every Friday, they like when he does just the normal Askcast. He always gets so close to talking about like the game that's on the weekend, and he's like, "No, I can't talk about this. Go and listen to yeah. it on Patreon." <laughs> yeah, the preview pod. Yep. Yeah. You don't have to pay for ours though. You just can listen to no. the ever yeah. amazing. I mean, even though you probably should have to, given how quality their new show is. You can listen. Oh, it's daylight robbery that you are listening to this for it free. Is. And yeah, and, it's crazy. And you should listen to that midweek show after you finish listening to this amazing show that is currently being drawn to a close. This bad boy is being drawn to a close. Should I say? I can't forget to leave out the, the terminology "bad boy." That's what the people want. Um, Alfie, marketing opportunity of yeah. a lifetime. Um, we love you, Arsenal to UK, but also the Extra Cannon podcast. Just another another one. Nice. Also, this is a, a a little reminder to those who have listened to it. You two won't know what I'm talking about. Well, you you will know, but you know, go and check out the sponsor that I mentioned in the quick uh, voiceover that will be right at the start of this podcast. You know, big up Mystery Sport. Yes, go check them out and give us money. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, Rob, marketing opportunity of a lifetime as well. Yeah, I second Alfie on the Extra Cannon podcast and, of course, our sponsor today. And um, imminently, I'm releasing a thread on um, on right potential right-back replacements for Pep Tabella on 
AFC Blogger 49. So go and check that out. The account that has come up that was created like a couple months ago and has already like doubled me in terms of followers. So fair play to you, Rob. Well done. Um, really good stuff. Great threads. Go Thanks. check them out. Um, I don't have anything to plug because you already plugged everything I wanted to. So I will plug this shirt that Katie bought me. She's flipping me. No. She's, flip, no. she's flipping me off now. Um, so that's sweet of her. Um, it came with my bidet, which I alluded to in the drunk cast. That's and uh, by the way, the shirt says, "Ask me about my butthole." Period. Full stop. Whatever you want to call it depends on which side of the pond no. you live on. That's it. That's it, folks. The show is over. We got nothing else for you except Alfie has this one statement to say regarding what we always do at the end of the podcast. We need what? We need Oh, we need a song. <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't I wasn't yeah. that good of a through ball. I was asking a lot of you still. <laughs> yeah, a bit over hit. Yeah. But I reached it because I'm I'm pretty sick. <laughs> My electric pace got in the end exactly. of it. We do need a song though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh I was thinking something like you know, foxes. What does the fox say? Oh, yes. Oh, Perfect. yes. That's it. Perfect. That's it. That's it. Alfie, that is sensational. That was a very good finish. Yeah. That was an overcooked pass and you just crushed what they it. Say? They say we were injured, so it shouldn't have come. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is brilliant. Okay. Well, on that note. That was a low ex- expected assist and Alfie just made it into something it shouldn't have been. It was been. really it good. It was like 0.05. Outperforming my XA. <laughs> Yeah. Really, really good Brilliant. goal. Really good goal. Okay, that's all for today, folks. We'll see you on the next time. Be sure to check out the midweek show whenever that comes out. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Dog goes woof, cat goes meow, bird goes tweet, and mouse goes squeak. Cow goes moo, frog goes croak, and the elephant goes toot. Dogs say quack, and fish go blub, and the seal goes ow, ow, ow. But there's no sound that no one knows. What does the fox say? Suddenly you're standing still Your fur is red, so beautiful Like an angel in disguise But if you meet a friendly horse Will you communicate by more-oh-oh-oh-oh-oh 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 How will you speak to that Oh, 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 oh,
fall. 